Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. Thanks for downloading our, our new new episode for this week. My name is Ben Lomas, and with me always is Dilruk Jaya Singer. Hello, Ben. We are recording over Zoom in various states of the country, and I'm so excited because as soon as you fired it off, it froze for me. So this is going to be very <laughs> and I think it froze for our guest as well. So let's bring our guest in without dilly-dallying too far. Uh, oh, this is so exciting. Actually, a guest we've had in the making for a while. We've been talking about this since the we're coming out of lockdown. Uh, one of the country's best comedians, one of the uh, Australia's favorite adopted UK sons. Uh, please welcome to Fitbit, the hilarious Jeff Green. Yes. Thank you, guys. Uh, nice to be here. Yes. Um, um, I didn't really know a lot about what the podcast was, so I just had to go and listen to um, a little bit of it earlier. Oh, yeah. So I, I know what I let myself in for. Anyway, <laughs> good night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're here to spread uh, the talk about the conspiracies around 5G, and uh, this is a this is a Pete, a Pete Evans appreciation podcast. So yeah. we, uh, we, it's we activated almonds and anti-vaxxers. The two go to well. Two, the, 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 the goes well together. So Jeff, we uh, we all met up at a gig. Buddy, uh, think it was November when we came out of lockdown, and it was maybe it was in the middle of the year. Either way, we're just blown away by how much trimmer you had gotten because our memory of you has never been someone who was actually bigger. You've always been in good nick as far as we could tell, but you were telling me how much you ended up actually losing over lockdown. What was the total amount? So um, I started out uh, at 78 kilos and my intention was to go to about 72. The first right. lockdown, um, I, like everyone else, I indulged in binge drinking and banana bread. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, 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 I pulled the metaphorical ripcord and went, and then I just exploded. The second lockdown, I said, Dan Andrews is not going to make me fat. He's taken <laughs> everything else from me and he's not going to he's not going to take my health away. So I right. decided to um, roll all of the first lockdown excess weight on and I wanted to pull myself to about 72 kilos. There's a little bit of a midlife crisis as well going on. Anyway, my intention yep. was to do that. How old I, are you if you don't mind answering that question? I'm actually, I was 57 on Tuesday. So oh, um, Tuesday. thank you, mate. Yeah. Um, Oh, listen to that. Thank you. It's like you didn't want to turn 57, Jeff. Uh, I still think I'm – one of the great things about our, our job is um, there's always something new to learn. And, uh, and and I still feel like I'm starting out. You know, I yeah. still feel as, as excited and, and nervous about doing a show as I did when I started. My yeah. friend, I saw Ben perform the other day and I was like, he's still starting out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I totally know how you feel, Jeff. I totally know how you feel. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, people I went to university with are now retiring, and and the idea of retiring as a stand-up, I mean, I just, I, it's it's an anathema. It's like, uh, what have we got? Nothing else to say? Is there? Do we have no nothing more to contribute? So anyway, so that's that's me at my age. I appreciate I've been in the business thirty odd years, but it still feels fresh 
to me. And I still get excited about seeing you guys come along and, and your journey. And now, and watching you, Dill, um, improve has been amazing. I loved it. And, oh, and Ben, I've, Ben, I've always thought that you're a, you're a great comic. I think you've got a lovely persona on stage, yeah. um, very warm and welcoming. And, um, and then, I, but when you started out, you were a big, you're a big, you know, uh, heavier guy that, um, you know, that people, and, and same with you, Dill, that people, people get comfortable with that there's a lot of comedy in being a big guy yes. you know and then you and then you roll it back um and then people have to adapt to how you look and then you probably i don't know how you felt but sometimes the audience's perception of you of a certain size um is then different when you change and then you've got to you know you've got to accommodate that because it is show business you are showing yourself um anyways I don't know where I went with that. No, but, no, I like that. I, I made a note. I made a mental note to try and come back to that. But yeah, go on. Sorry, Ben. No, but I was just saying as well. I think, especially, uh, I think this might be across a lot of the creative arts. But because lockdown took a big, big, if not ninety-five percent chunk of our income, especially people who do live performances, uh, it's interesting to see the people who've uh, fallen off. But also, and I put myself in the category, people who've actually generally fallen in love with the art again, because then you're doing it purely for the creativeness and the pure joy of doing stand-up. And I know that I, especially coming out of lockdown, have enjoyed writing more than I ever have before they've enjoyed performing anymore because i'm actually doing it for the love of it rather than just the paycheck yeah well i think the people that got um hit hardest were the professional comics because um not the not the people that had two jobs or there was just a hobby the people that were doing it as a full-time yeah. business uh, they really got hammered the cruise ship performers the corporate performers the the club comics all over the world yeah 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 all my friends in the uk are you know if they don't have a tv gig or a radio gig they are you know bordering on destitute yeah and um and as you say some people have 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 fallen off and decided to become you know to find a, a an equally worthy profession like you know nursing or um and some people have just decided to call it a day Yep. But, um, but yeah, so you, we've come back to it in a different in a different frame of mind, hoping that the audiences will also come back to it because they want to know what we think about what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. How have you found navigating that, Jeff? Because it's been an interesting one to be part of the lineups, the lineup shows where, you know, it's obviously on every performer's mind. And, um, you know, there's a part of me that when I was going through the lockdown, I had thought to myself, well, I'm not going to talk about Corona because everyone else is going to be talking about the virus and the pandemic. But then I realized I had nothing else going on in my mind other than the fucking virus and how it affected me. So in the end, I sort of just decided to tell what happened to me without actually necessarily to cover my ass i was like okay if i'm just going to tell stories from what i went through then i know that it's not you know it's authentic and it isn't being repeated on the lineup but how have you found that process and did you find it different when you performed in adelaide last weekend because adelaide you know compared to the victorians who had like 112 days uh we they had three days so there uh, i found it quite interesting to talk about the pandemic to people who you know more or less didn't have the same experience as us that's true. Well, that's what we've got here. It's like footy uh, codes again here in Australia. Some, <laughs> you know, you, you don't know what to talk about. Victoria yeah, talks really about funny. AFL so and, and, and 
But yeah. everybody else had nothing, you know, they don't, they, they're quite smug, in fact. Yeah. And if yeah. you want to talk about hours and hours of, of, of what was a traumatic experience, and they, they sort of, they'll tolerate it. But mm. the truth is, they don't really care that much. So you've got to have an Adelaide show, and then you've got to have a Melbourne show, and then you'll probably have a Sydney show with, you yeah. know, it's all, everybody, all the states are different, yeah. uh, which different is hard references. for us. Yeah. Different you references. Different Gladys, you need Gladys material for New South Wales. You need Mark McGowan references for Perth. You just need to. But then, but when you do go to Perth, you actually have to explain that there there is a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't even get to Perth, so I, I didn't. I, yeah, but that and that's that's. I mean, I wanted to talk about about the pandemic for an hour in Adelaide, right. but they didn't want to hear it. They just, yeah. you know, so anyway, uh, so I've saved some stuff. Again, like you, Dill, I wasn't going to talk about the pandemic, but it just became too big to ignore. Yeah. And, and um, interesting, any time there is something um, earth-changing, uh, audiences want to hear what you've got to say. Like I remember when the Gulf War happened in the UK, and uh, there were times it was a great political upheaval and and and, uh, and politics suddenly became really important people wanted to go to comedy when there was the global financial crisis people wanted to go to comedy because they wanted to hear other people's opinions and and to help make sense of it all so i think we might have that in victoria i don't think that is as you say happening in adelaide and perth and and sydney and queensland because they just didn't it didn't happen for them yeah, yeah. It's, I can't blame her for it. Yeah, no, but but that's what I find so amusing because, like, you know, we we went through what we did, and now we're you know, the, you know, the economy's slowly recovering, gigs are coming back, we get to do normal things again, and then you just speak to people overseas, and they're still in the midst of it. They're still, you know, in lockdown, trying to get you know COVID, stacking on the kilos, or doing you know you know Zoom gigs still. So it's kind of funny because now the world will slowly recover at different stages. And that's why I think for us, for so many of us, we didn't see each other for a while. And then before you know it, we're at a gig. It's new material night. And there walks Jeff Green in there without his suit on, looking pretty trim in his white T-shirt. So my friends in the UK haven't done a gig since March. You know, people, yeah. are, they, they've just, there's nothing available. There was a few car park gigs there was some zoom gigs um and the british people go to comedy like they go to the cinema over here or they oh, go yeah. to music over here it's it's an enormous part of 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 people's social calendar yeah so um you know and they go to stadium gigs every week so it's yep. you know it's and the opportunities for comedians in the uk through television through panel shows through five radio uh, bbc shows yeah and yep. stations you know it's it and and the edinburgh fringe and you know it's it's a massive industry uh not so much here so it's been okay. it, that's been wiped out anyway when, yeah, I heard, so, when i heard about uk uh stand-ups pure stand-up com- club comedians being able to get a mortgage as a comedian it blew my mind i'm like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> the bank doesn't query where your source of income is they're like oh you're a comedian fair enough yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean i you know i would do I would do five gigs a night. Um, you're only doing 20 minutes in the UK. That's di- that's the difference. So yeah. you can do a tight. You can do a tight 20. Uh, whereas over here, if you're a headline act, you know you're expected to be 30, 40 minutes. We do 
five times a night, but you could yeah. do 17 minutes five times, six times. So you'd start at the comedy store at eight o'clock. You'd get on first there. Then you'd run to a gig in Soho. You'd do another spot there. Then you'd go to the Banana Cabaret. They do two shows, downstairs and upstairs. You'd do them, and then you would come back and do the comedy store at two o'clock in the morning. You'd, finish oh, the, you'd close I, I the late it. show. We, we, and then you'd you... go drinking. Yeah. But when you started that, Jeff, I was like, wow, this is the closest thing to Comedy Monopoly. There's a board game right there that we haven't considered. There we go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Comedy Monopoly. Comedy Monopoly. <laughs> I work in yeah. Angel. And you go. Yeah. So the, the, the threads that I'm catching. So first one was where we veered off initially was about you talking about a midlife crisis. So that's how you describe the, the, the change that you were having from the first and second lockdown. So you put on some weight and then you were like, all right, Dan Andrews can't take my, my health away from me. And you made a decision. Yes. Someone got a text. Yes. yes. Someone, yeah. <laughs> No, um, is that, on the midlife crisis, are you going through a proper midlife crisis? Um, I did. Initially, when I got into my hot yoga, which I couldn't do this time, um, yeah, I think I did. I think I, I decided that I wanted to get to the weight I was when I was 21. And um, uh, and I tried to do that, and I never got to it. Because then I, in my case, it's 125 kilos, the weight <laughs> that we were at at 21. All right. I think I'd be about seven, yeah, about 72, 71. Right. Um, I, so I, I wanted to, to, to lose weight. So what I decided to do was I decided to go um, intermittent fasting, and I did um, keto. I did no sugar. And and I did uh, exercising on an empty stomach, so, yeah. so and they and they it was phenomenal. So I would stop, I would stop, I would have my last meal at six p.m. no later, and then I with the kids and the family, and they had to accommodate me because I got two kids, and my wife, yep. and then I and then. The, and then the next morning, I would get up, get the kids for, ready for homeschooling. And then I had, a, I had to wait until midday before I was going to eat. So what I would do was I would go cycling in the park and I would do resistance training. And that would suppress my appetite entirely till around about 11.30. And then I would be having a low-carb, two eggs, bacon, spinach, uh, and then I would eat again at three, and then I would eat at six. So I was having, I'd, I was, and I was, I was on a, I was on an app called um, Fat Secrets and My Sugar, and I would be, right. I would be logging all of what I'd ate. Anyway, okay. so I wanted to get to seventy-two kilos. No, wait, 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 wait. I love, I love this. I love this. I love nerding out about this. So, so it was a twelve, uh, six-hour window is your eating window. Yeah, so twelve to six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, twelve to six, and then uh, oh, no carbs in uh, in the eating. So it will be like no high protein, nope. um, spinach, high fiber. Right? Okay, 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 cool. Yeah, so what's yeah. the app called again? My secret. Um, sorry. So I'll just I'll just get it up for you. So there was two apps. Um, the, I've had um, to say that sentence quite a few fat, times to fat, a lady in the past. <laughs> I don't know what you said. Fat secret. <laughs> so um, fat secret is the app, low fat carb secrets. app. Yeah. yeah, the Diet Doctor was an was a uh, website that I used extensively. Uh, he's probably the best on keto. Uh, oh, Diet right, Doctor, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, and my sugar was me testing my blood sugars. Okay. So right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. So 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 those were the, the so you'd have three meals effectively. So twelve, three p.m. and and six p.m. On the six yeah. p.m. On the six p.m. How did you do that with the family? Did you eat separately or did you eat early? I um no I ate to, we ate together yep. but I would just so and I was trying to find food that we could eat together so I would make a lot of vegetable curries yeah and right. and I would eat the veg so I'd have all I'd get all my carbs from a from slow release um complex so cauliflower broccoli okra yep. green beans carrots and I would put them all into a curry and when the fee and the kids would have white rice I would have nothing. Yeah. So I would just eat that. I would like a prom- soup, almost. Almost like a soup. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I would, and I, I would, I might give myself half a, a quarter of a, a rati or something. Uh, uh, yeah, as a bread. Yep. Uh-huh, but, right. but 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 basically it was it was almost it was no carbs. I knew and and I was in ketosis pretty quickly. I also to started everything off. I did a twenty four hour fast when I absolutely started the whole thing, and that kick started it. And I, oh. um, I I be honest with you, I, it's not been a the people around me have not found it a positive experience. Right. <laughs> my, <laughs> my breath. Apparently was was a, yeah. I had the breath of a cat. It was keto appalling. breath. They call it keto breath. They do. I had keto flu as well, which I had to drink. Yep. I drink um, a Bula Bays. So you know that's that's low salt. That keto flu. So yep. um, that's your sodium levels. So I would I would drink stock cubes just to get through that. And then once I did, I felt great. And I, yeah. felt, I felt really good, and I could, I could. Um, once my body started to burn the fat and the visceral fat around my pancreas and around my waist, which is the hard, hard fat to get rid of. But then I, as I said, I want to get a seventy-two. I went down to sixty-six. What? That's when people started to complain. All of my friends uh, would say to Fiona, "Is Jeff okay?" Yeah. What's wrong with Jeff? What's is, he doesn't look well. Yeah. Um, we're worried about Jeff, and I've and I've had that ever since. It's um, like a, a a new Wiggles quote: "Eat up, Jeff." <laughs> <laughs> Don't die, Jeff. Don't die, Jeff. Is wow, he asleep? So that... No, he's in a coma. Uh, it's stage four wow. pancreatic cancer. That's they uh, all thought I was stage four. Yeah. And I was, wow. Yeah. yeah. How did you deal with that? Like, did you have to really go on the defensive? Yeah, I did, and I've not, enjo- I've not enjoyed it. I'll be honest, lads. I've, I've found it very difficult to. Um, and Fiona says, Jeff, you look. Um, I mean, I can see it now in this Zoom call. I don't look as young as I used to. It has taken a toll. There's an expression in Hollywood that over fifty, you have to choose between your ass and your face, right? And it's about losing weight. And um, if you want your ass to look good, this is women in, in Hollywood. Choose, um, then your face is go- you're going to lose it in your in your face. Yep. So they have wow. to decide if you want to look uh, uh, presentable as a face, you're going to get a big ass. Um, wow. And it's, okay. uh, yeah, it's, and, and in my in my case, it's it's my love handles or my face. My mm. I've 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 I'm in. I'm below the knee, the neck, uh, below the knee, below the neck. I'm in great shape. <laughs> I look like, 
I look like a 25 year old and above no. the neck, I look like a 65 year old. Yes. No, and it, no. it has changed. Fascinating. So, so many things to talk about. So, firstly, the aesthetic thing is interesting to know that you 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 you've noticeably changes in your face that make you look older. Um, I felt that a little bit because of you know being a heavy kid, a guy, and, and then you shrink. It almost it looks like you know there's more wrinkles on my face or something like that. And people got in touch as well to ask me if I'm okay with their having in disordered eating. I'm like, well, I've have had disordered eating the other way, but I think I'm pretty good here because I still had you know five kilos to go, I guess, around the waist. But what I'm fascinated by is aesthetically, regardless of what's happening, physically, you must be better than you have been in years. Like actually internally, the way you feel. Still, I had my I had my blood sugars and all my my cholesterols taken through at the beginning when I was had high cholesterol. Um, so at the beginning of my of my weight loss. And then three months later, my my cholesterol, my blood sugar, my triglycerides, my HDLs, my LDLs are all ideal now. Wow. I am in I am in the shape of my life. I, as you rightly point out, when people said I looked healthy, I was unhealthy. And now yeah. they say I look unhealthy and I'm incredibly <laughs> healthy. But yeah. you, you can't work against people's perceptions. And so how all- do you process that? Like you've do you sort of then the negative or the naysaying or whatever that's happening about your, you know, face specifically, do you go, well, fuck it. At least I know that I'm living a, like a healthier, happier life, regardless of how people are perceiving it. I've had to cling to that. Yes. Yeah. In, in a way, it's really, that's been the only consolation. No one likes to think that, hey, you look like you've aged 10 years in lockdown. No, yeah. one, wants, <laughs> no one wants that. And and it's also not just you, Jeff. It's it's your partner Fiona taking on the brunt of it as well. She's answering all those questions. She's the one who's trying to justify your new behaviour to go healthy. So so yeah. it's it's kind of it's difficult because then she's like, well, everyone thinks you're sick and everyone thinks you're this, and you're like, yeah. well, I'm not. You know, I'm healthy. I know I'm feeling better. It ends up being it's not just you. The family has to go along for the ride as well. They do. My wife said to me, Jeff, if you lose another kilo, you'll fall through your ass and hang yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I I went, okay, well, I'll stop. She says, you look like an anatomical. When I was 66 kilos, she says, you look like an anatomical drawing from Leonardo da Vinci. You look terrible. And I know you think you look great, but I'm here to tell you, you look awful, Jeff. Please stop intermittent fasting so i stopped intermittent fasting this is where i'm at now lads okay um, i i stopped intermittent I, I i carried on exercising because i love my bike and i and i but i've, I've added resistance training now when you say bike jeff are you, are you what what, what are, you, are you doing like did you get a proper racer did you are a you, mountain bike a mountain bike and how yeah. many k's are you doing approximately oh well I, all i would do well when i was when i was doing it before food i would just do 5k's to warm up yep. uh, and then i would do resistance training in yep. the park because all the gyms were closed yeah i do squats and i would do um press-ups and i would do yoga and um yeah so i was in i was i was incredibly trim so i added exercise to my to my dieting and the but the key the key point was when i exercised which was right before midday breakfast yep right and so that's that's what all the bodybuilders do when they you know the guys that get cut 
bodybuilding, you know, and they, yep. they, they bulk up, don't they? And they, and then they get cut for a competition and yep. how they, how they get cut is, is by, um, is by training on, on no, on no food. Empty. So you burn the fat more accurately. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And so what, um, how many months was it before the, the that you witnessed the 78, was it 78 to 66? Oh, that probably only took me a couple of months. Wow. Yeah. And so quick. I'm very fascinated by keto because I've never really properly done it. I think I tried it once and I did it wrong and ended up like throwing up everywhere because I was running like 20K or something like that on very little sugars, very little sustenance. But yeah. um, did you find it? So you found it difficult the first, how, how many days do you reckon? Was it a week of difficulty before you started feeling good? Was it a... But no, two, two or three days. So two right, or three so... days when my body got weaned off sugar. And by, ah. bear in mind, lads, I was doing, you know, I could do a cake. I've got kids, cakes, muffins, Kit Kats, yeah. all of that stuff. I, I, but it never showed on me. I was, as you said, Dill, you know, I looked fairly trim. I was only seven. Mm. I, was, I still had a BMI of 24, even yeah. with all that. Um, and so I was... Um, but I was, it was not great food and it was putting my cholesterol up and everything. So I, 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 I quit overnight. You know what? Sometimes when people decide they're going to do something, me and they fucking do it. And yeah. so I went, that's it. I'm doing it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So a couple of days of keto flu. Yeah. My wife said to me, please eat. You're, you're being a pain in the ass to the family. Yeah. I was, I'll tell you something else. I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but. I used to I, I I started posting really angry stuff about Dan Andrews and about lockdown. And people said, What's wrong with Jeff? Why has he got so political and annoyed? But I think it was low blood sugar. I think it was yeah. me, it was me we, weaning myself off sugar. And you I, should I, stick with that one, Jeff, too. <laughs> I became a I became a, an absolute arsehole. Wow. But, yeah, I'm better now. Once got, but once you got used to it, then it was normal. Like it almost just normalized the way the body's getting gets out of your way. Going, oh, this is how it's going to eat. So let's just leave him alone. This is how it's going to eat. Yeah, I think I, I I worked out when was when was good, and I started to recognize uh, low blood sugar. You know, uh, uh, hang, ha being hangry. Yeah. Um, no. um, we uh, <laughs> we did we did find. Um, you were about to tell us that uh, where you're at now. So oh, yeah. what you've stopped, what, what's the what's the meal plan look like? What's the exercise? So exercise has stayed consistent with a bit more resistance training now. Yeah. So uh, um, and the sorry. meals, what are they like? So um, as I said, I I quit uh, intermittent fasting some time ago, maybe even three months ago, but I didn't see a change in um, I didn't see a change a, a, an increase in weight. If anything, I've just stayed, I'm at 66, I'm sorry, I'm about 68 kilos. Yep. So I wasn't gaining the weight that I wanted to. And I didn't want to put the weight back on my stomach. I wanted yep. to actually put the weight on my face and neck and the <laughs> things that are, 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 are causing people concern. But, um, but, but I couldn't, I've had real trouble, even at 57, I've had real trouble putting weight back on in a meaningful way. So I went to see a dietitian, and the diet, and and we basically, I've, because I'm still I'm still low carb because I okay. have I have blood sugar issues, and right. um, pre I'm pre diabetic. Ah. So I have to um, I I just have to avoid carbs. Did you know this before the fasting jet, or have you just found that out recently? No, that was one of the well, it was one of the uh, triggers. 
of, oh. of game meter. Yeah, I changed so, my changed my diet. Can I? I mean, I'm. I think I know what it is, but just to clarify, what the difference between pre-diabetic and diabetic is. So pre-diabetic means that if you don't sort your shit out, you're going to be going to have diabetes, and that's for life. Diabetes is for life in so, in so right. much as there's no known cure. However, there is a cure um, of sorts called remission of diabetes. Yep. So you can actually... We're we talking about type 2 diabetes. We are. Yep. Uh, and that is, and that's, again, that's the Michael Mosley fasting diet, which, which, again, was all triggered by him receiving a type 2 diabetes diagnosis at 55. Yep. And through low-carb... Uh, Mediterranean style eating, he put his diabetes into remission. And there are, and that is what the diet doctor is also about. It's about putting your blood sugars into remission. When, when I say remission, so that your fasting blood sugar doesn't go above 5.5 yeah. and your HbA1c is, um, is uh, below 6.5.8. Well, um, don't quote me on these figures, but, um, but I know the the fasting is five, below five point five, which is what normal people people who yes. have control anyway, which so you which you can do through 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 carb control. But, so and, pre-diabetic and, is just basically the doctor saying, "Hey, there are a couple of things that are a bit of warning signs, so sort this shit out." Is that what it? No, you you sit with. Within the you sit within the pre-diabetic range, so you're above five point five, but um, you're but you're below seven. So right. seven is is diabetic, five point five to six point nine is pre-diabetic. Pre-diabetic. And what yeah. I've learned with family members but is they're all they're all the same thing. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, but also, but it's that threshold where they they really focus on if you are between the five point five and the seven, they say that this is the time if you don't change because if you get to seven and you are eight, once you're eight, it, that's where it's so hard to then reverse that. Yeah, well, there's usually they wouldn't find that. It's usually a they call it metabolic syndrome, um, and you've usually got obesity um, and and other issues, go heart heart problems, um, cardiovascular problems, kidney problems, um, retinopathy and and neuropathy in your feet. They're they're the they're the big um, side effects. Dangerous yep. side effects of diabetes. Mm. You won't have them in the pre-diabetes, but they're coming if you don't yeah. yep. shit out. And and and, and right. just a right. reminder right. that when you do hit, like if you know, for the people you know, I have some family members who do have type two diabetes, and then you know you have to check your insulin every day, and you've got to get it below eight, and there's all this. It just it's amazing That's how type one diabetes. Oh, type one. So yeah. even when you do have it, you're just like it changes your whole lifestyle. But what people don't go is like, oh, it's just a prick. I'll get used to it. But it's the complications after that that where your kidneys go, where you have all that kind of stuff, where it can happen so rapidly and you've just increased your chances of getting all those things because you haven't dealt with the sugar in the past. Yeah, yeah well, you haven't dealt – yeah, or, you've, or you're genetically predisposed. They think That's I was true. genetically predisposed because I don't fit the – I was not obese and I don't fit the, the overweight uh, diabetic. Is it in your family, Jeff? No, I, it yeah, well. isn't. There's no one in my family. It's. It was a. Sh- I actually got tested twice. My doctor went. I can't believe it. I'm going to send you again. They maybe, maybe you had something to eat that morning that you did. That's. Don't remember. That's. That's the opposite 
of me because I have uh, my family history, both mom and dad both have diabetes. Mom's side, like I think every person, mom's side of the family has diabetes. Uh, I was obese. Um, I am from the subcontinent and a male. Apparently, those are all, all the stats that basically say your increased chance of diabetes. I had them. And yet the test would come that I was okay. So to the point where they would run a second test because they're like, we need to make sure. So almost the exact same. Sure. You. Yeah. You, you sending you. someone else for your blood <laughs> test? <laughs> exactly. So that's, I find that really interesting. But, that, but that's a good point that you, like, even though it's hereditary, you, you're doing everything to can to avoid doing that. I think that sometimes, because yeah. I think sometimes that can be a good excuse if you go, well, it's in a family. I'm going to get in, the, in anyway. What's the point of trying? There are a lot of people, sadly, who are, who are not equipped. They're either in denial or they don't have, they're not adequately supported to get themselves from that uh, diabetic range down to the range that I'm in now, which after three those three months, my um, fasting blood sugar is 4.8. And oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah, everything's back to normal. But it's love- only back to normal <laughs> because I am, I am, I call myself carb intolerant, just as people have a gluten intolerance. If I eat carbs, I become diabetic. So, right. yeah, so yeah. I just that's decided that's – I just don't have that stuff because, you know, you wouldn't force, you know, gluten on somebody who's, a, you know, gluten oh, intolerant or a celiac. Allergic to nuts. Yeah, 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 exactly. You wouldn't say, oh, well, you can have a half a nut. You know, I just I just see it as that. I exactly, and, and and it's easier for me to accommodate myself. I go, well, I just don't have carbs. But um, I I love it as well, Jeff, because you, you you can't hear, you can't hear it over the audio. But just in the Zoom, when you even mentioned that you were four point eight, you had the biggest smile on your face because you're super proud of that figure. Like it's it's like it's which is great, yeah. which is one of those figures that you worked towards, and now you're under that figure. So therefore, it means a lot to you still. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I well, you know, I've got a young family, um, uh, and I. I really owe it to them to do everything I can to um, to bring myself back on the path. A lot of people call a diabetic diagnosis D Day, and they call it a re they call it the re- a rebirth day. You know, it's they they celebrate the day they got diagnosed with diabetes because yep. it was it was a the wake up call to reinvent themselves with the with a new way of living and an em- empowering way of living that they're going to be healthy from now on. And something about being diagnosed, get, there's nothing like a medical diagnosis to give you the 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 desire to change things. So yep. you know, some people it's not. It's not a death sentence. It's a life-affirming uh, sentence. So that's how you should look at it. Look at it if you can catch it in time. Yeah, and then again, it's it's that hence that sense of catching it in time, like you know, just being able that your doctor is onto it. I mean, I mean, that's probably the great thing if you think about twenty or thirty years ago, diabetes. You know, it didn't have the airwaves that it has now. Like there are so many people who've had it. There's so many uh, health programs. There's so much policy based on it that it can now, unlike thirty, forty years ago, it can be caught early. It can be caught early. One of one of the um, you know the uh, warning signs for me. Oh, the only one I fit was being over fifty. Uh, yep. When you when you're over fifty, you suddenly go into a high risk into the high risk group. 
and that's regardless of your BMI or anything. So right. over 50, I know you were saying deal with being from, um, you know, the subcontinent and being, yeah, uh, well, for, for, for me, it's just being, uh, I've got to a certain age where you just need to check it. Well, so, all, the cur- all the curries you've been eating probably pushed you into subcontinent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God for curry. So, so, so Jeff, so are you now genuinely huh. trying to put on weight? Yes, so I am. So, so, so yes. So, so I went to the dietitian and I said, "Look, I'm having. I'm at 68 and I'm stuck. I don't want to stop exercising. I could sit on my ass. Stuck at 69 either, because that's a real <laughs> stuck in. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, no, I do want to be stuck in 69. It's a wonderful <laughs> position to be in. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's not carb. I know. It's, it's, it's definitely. Nor is it vegan. Um, so um, uh, yeah. So I am sixty-eight. So what we agreed was that I would try and add extra meals because what I, what I had done was I although I'd increased my my food intake to from nine in the morning until whenever, I actually was still only on about my my stomach had shrank. I was still only on small portions. If you imagine carbs, I think it's I've got three times the amount of of um, calories as protein. So 100 grams of protein is 100 carbs. But 100 grams of carbs is 300 uh, calories. Right, so, right, right, right. so when you get rid of that portion of chips, or you get rid of, which is what I did, or you get rid of that portion of potatoes or pasta or two slices of bread in your toast, I hadn't replaced it with anything except a couple of pieces of broccoli and yeah, a couple right. of um, or some cauliflower rice. So my calorie, my calorie intake, especially on my on my app, was saying to maintain my blood, my body weight, I had to be eating 2,300 calories a day, but I was actually only eating 1,800 calories, sometimes 1,500 calories. I was still, I was still, I was still in, um, in, in deficit. Yeah. Yeah. So I've started adding um, extra meals. I eat at nine, 11. I was just having a sandwich. Then I try and eat at two. I'm I'm forcing it into myself. I'm, I'm eating, I'm drinking protein shakes, yeah. I'm just trying to move the needle back up to 72, and it's really tough. That's so, amazing that you go lose weight and then find yourself after all this time in a position to find it hard to put on weight. Yeah, I'm really I mean, struggling. I've that had is amazing. With, uh, under-eating disorders, and that's sort of how it starts. Because initially, when you're someone who is a bigger person, maybe a lot of the time, and then eventually you start to get some control back by being able to go under and you realize, oh, cool, I'm, you know, feeling a lot better. But that that visual uh, stimulus of losing weight and feeling good about losing weight, that trajectory becomes more important than actually being healthier to the point where people just keep wanting to lose weight. And unless they drop it, unless the scales are dropping, they don't feel happy. And I think that's what I think you caught that early to be able to go, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. This is going too far. Let me try and, you know, bring some balance and maintenance back into it. And um, yeah, go. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I wasn't fixated on the scales. I just saw that I went. I just test myself. Geez, I'm. I've. I've. I've lost a lot, but I didn't. Mm. I thought I looked fine. I had no idea until people came to my house, and also we were in lockdown, so I never saw anybody. 
So it was yeah. almost it was almost dangerous, apart from my wife. And then when they reopened in October, and we had a family friend come round, and she just looked at me like, you know, like I was a ghost, and, yeah. and I didn't know what it was. And then Fiona went, "Oh, people are not happy with how you're looking, Jeff." Well, it's interesting because I, I, there's a little bit of frustration uh, for me with that as well because yeah. I'm a bit like I appreciate people's concern because it's coming from a good place, but I find it equally sort of somewhat hypocritical that no one showed any concern when I was putting it on back in the day. <laughs> like you know, yeah. both ends of the spectrum of of overreading or underreading are both you know unhealthy behaviors, but people are very uncomfortable to mention anything about anyone putting on weight but they're very quick to jump in and try and you know you know not shame you but essentially call you out if you're looking a bit too, too uh, looking like you're under eating and but, I find that a difficult one to navigate mentally because I'm like well you know I yeah, if you were that concerned about me being unhealthy then what about the times when I was having you know five servings of pizza per day or kind of whatever the fuck I used to do but that's a that's that. a really good point, Dil. That's uh, that is like that should be strongly pointed out because it is it, the only reason I the only thing I can think of is that when people undereat, there's that taboo of ever pointing out that someone's got an eating disorder. So, yeah. so I like, think either way, it's almost I think you know even though it is coming from a place of concern, I think it's still a dangerous thing to go out and tell someone I think you you you're, you're fucking shit up because also you don't know what the story that they're on like you know what I mean for someone like me people it looks like I'm too thin because in comparison to what I was you know a year before but the reality is a year before I was still 20 kilos overweight so I'm actually getting normal like back to a, uh, a you know what's a, a good size for me but people are just using the thing that they're used to seeing a bit rather than actually realizing I'm a lot healthier I'm running faster I'm moving a lot better and the stat that they're using is pure aesthetic. And I think that's a, I get a bit frustrated sometimes with that because it is the same, because the triggers are the same, because it's about using how you physically look to make a judgment about where you're at. Do you know what I mean? It, it, for me, it feels a little unfair because it's almost like you're not hearing the full story. I am battling so many demons from years gone by and I'm trying my best to be good and healthy. And then someone's like, I think you're, you're unhealthy now, just based on a YouTube clip I saw of you. I'm like, fucking chill out. I'm trying, man. You know, yeah. so so that was one thing. But the other thing I wanted to ask you, Jeff, is then oh. in terms of like, um, uh, uh, first of all, like you you said you're feeling better. Like how much? Like that idea of actually moving and 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 feeling happy. And like you said, when you talk about your stats about the blood sugar dropping, you you know you know you're objectively healthier today than you were say at the start of 2020 is that something you're able to kind of carry on or does it still get affected by the way people say are oh, you looking too thin or whatever uh no i i i i want there's no way i'm gonna relinquish these successes uh purely to you know satisfy people's perceptions of me and you I mean, you know, when you lost your weight, Dill, we all, everyone, but Dill's lost a lot of weight. You know, it was, um, well, when you do, it's funny in show business, you can put weight on like Elvis, you know, and, and, and no one seems to mind, but you lose weight. And um, it's, it's like there was Mike Wilmot was another great comic oh, yeah. who, who lost a lot of weight. And, you know, and being a big, jolly fat man as he used to call himself was part of his persona on stage and when he lost weight i felt 
he was struggling to find his um, his mojo back, his comedic yep. presence. Um, I've been okay, I think. Um, my wife said to me, "You're going to have to talk about it on stage, because people are going to people. It's 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 so defining about you. If you don't talk about it, it's going to feel like you've, you've, you're hiding something." So I wrote a, my first five minutes in Adelaide was. Um, I've come out of lockdown and one of the great things about coming out of lockdown was I lost weight um, and then I talk about you know the diet I was on and, and and my wife's attitude to it and all of the things that we've just talked about and it was pure I put jokes in it and purely about getting it out the way so people could relax with this new Jeff Green with the saggy neck and the and the and the gaunt but there's one there's one uh, group of opinions. It's, yes, friends will have an opinion that you look sick. Your wife will tell you to stop eating. But what have your kids thought? Oh, my kids, oh, Arian, my youngest, he went, will you stop talking about food? <laughs> just ever since lockdown, he says, you just go on about your diet. Because I have to say, oh, I can't have that. And I can't. And the kids are just, God, he just doesn't shut up about what he can and can't have. Dinner, yeah. Dinner's all about what dad can't, can and can't eat now. And I, yeah. don't, and I don't want it to be. And it's, um, well, my other son is a vegetarian. He's been a vegetarian since he was three. He decided when we went to Collingwood Children's Farm, once he was told what the animals were for, he just oh. went, I'm not eating animals anymore. So we've had to accommodate his dietary uh, idiosyncrasies since he was little. Sometimes I'm making four meals these, these days. Yeah. Jeff's low carb, Arian's full carb, Fiona's uh, carnivore, omnivore, and and all those, um, yeah, yeah uh, vegetarianism. So we're used to juggling stuff. But, yeah, um, and having that understanding of all the different food groups for each child. Because if one child's a carnivore and the other one's a vegetarian, you are literally cooking completely two separate meals because you can't have meat in the other one. But then again, at the same time, you become quite creative because then, you know, before you know it, you've made soft tacos, but there's enough bowls on the table so everyone can pick their own stuff and make their own taco. Because then you get creative with, like, you want to make the one meal, you've just got a lot of options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tacos is good, yeah. And I just have them with you, the lettuce. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Do you, here's the thing. Well, um, uh, do you miss carbs? Do you, you know you're carb intolerant? Did I you used love, to. Yeah. Yeah, and but, sugars and stuff. Everything is now you. You don't really miss it. No, and 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 I have a I have a cupboard full of snacks for the kids, but I and and cakes, um, cake mixes and stuff. I really uh, it took me a long time to to get off sugar when I dreamt about it, and I would try sugar substitutes like erythritol and stevia oh, yeah. <laughs> and and the, and now. But, you know, having a cake is like being hit over the head with, you know, with two billiard balls in a sock in terms of sugar. I yeah, have right. to find sweetness in a strawberry. I have to find the sweetness in a in a blueberry. Uh, yeah. And that's what I have to savor. So it's it's I've had to recalibrate my taste buds. But have you reason- recalibrated your fruit choice? Have you gone up in 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 like getting good, expensive, organic fruit? No, okay. No, I haven't. Oh. I I make pl- I, I eat plums because they're high GI 
uh, low GI. And you, um, and because you come from the UK, you enjoy saying plums. Uh, plums, yeah. <laughs> I, I like, yeah. I've got, my wife says I've got nice plums and they're over there in the, in the. Um, and so with the, with the, like, I think the key difference then, Jeff, between um, well, the way I approach it and what you did is I would give myself a cheat day, uh, uh, you know, once a week I would go crazy. And I think because of that, while it was more sustainable for me to maintain the diet, I'd, it still I still have a love or a fetishizing of the the indulgent foods like you know your your burgers and your fried chicken and and ice cream because I never fully like see with alcohol because I uh, you know I haven't drunk in four and a half years I don't miss it like I mean I miss it as in I miss the events but I don't like crave booze anymore because it's been such a zero like zero tolerance to alcohol. Whereas with food, I always give myself that little wiggle room to go crazy once a week. But when I was losing the weight, but I think I still have that that lust for, you know, junk food. I think so. I, I gave up smoking 20 years ago and I've likened giving up sugar to giving up tobacco. Yeah, well. Uh, so um, and the key for me to giving up tobacco was to never touch tobacco again. Right. So when I had my last cigarette, I wrote it. I wrote on it, my last cigarette, and I smoked it, and I didn't like it, and then I put it out, and I've never touched it. If I have a joint with people, I have, I say, is there any tobacco in that joint? And if they say yes, I pass on it. I could right. smoke. I don't smoke weed really much anymore, but I would, I would smoke neat grass. But it was basically my body. If it's, if it got a, a molecule of tobacco in it, I would yeah. crave it more. And, yeah. and so it's with me. Sugar has been exactly the same. I'd feel I'd let myself down if I had anything with sugar in it, and I'd feel like I'd gone. I'd have to go all the way back to July and start from calling it day one without sugar. So, wow. wow! So the streak, yeah, the streak. That we I do not. I do. I do not allow myself to have it. It would be a weakness to take it. Like it would be a weakness for me to pick up a pack of cigarettes and have one now. So your yeah, sugars are coming through blueberries, strawberries, and things like that. The natural sugars. I, I, yeah, yeah, but only those ones. Only the so there's no bananas, there's no mangoes, there's no, you know, none of the big uh, tropical fruit. You know, there might be some. It might be a passion fruit, strawberries, right. blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. Uh -huh. the, blackberries. The that, that, that's like your new chocolate now, Jeff. Blackberries. Jesus. It is. There's a, the people say you can have ninety percent chocolate, and I tried it. And I was like, ah, do you know I'd rather do without than yes, have yeah. something I didn't like. So no stevia, nothing, uh, monk fruit, none of that stuff either. Now. Um, no, I do have, I do put, sometimes I use yeah, erythritol, but um, actually, no, I don't. Now I've started to just, just use some dates, some a small um, handful right. of dates. If I'm making muffins. I tell you, I've started baking a lot of my own stuff. Because yep. you can't get the stuff you need on, in the shops. So my baking, I do a lot of almond flour um, and uh, I do savory muffins and I do sweet muffins. But they're just plum muffins with some a, a sprinkling of dates. The kids can't. They go, these are terrible, Dad. Why are you even <laughs> making I go, good. Well, don't eat them then. Yeah, but, great. Um, More for you. Yeah. I haven't substituted because I tried initially, but then I just thought I'm, I'm fooling myself. It's like smoking herbal tobacco while you're giving up. You go, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. Well, we need, we need to start wrapping up yeah. pretty much closer at oh. the end. But I guess what I wanted to ask is, um, so 
something that your kids said, uh, Arian said, why are you always so much food or whatever? Uh, it, it, it sort of resonated with me because I, I don't know if this relates to you, Jeff, but for me, because when comedy and everything that I, you know, plan my day and my calendar around was taken away, I needed a new project. I needed something else to focus my energy and my brain to. So I found, you know, learning about calories and calorie counting and <clears throat> things like that were sort of became my project. So it was almost something for me to focus on. Um, so do you feel like, I guess it's two part question, which is one, do you feel like that's kind of what helped because you needed something to look forward to and, and plan the day around and, you know, overthink about. And at the same time, what did you do? Uh, what do you reckon was some of the, the best methods you used to try and get through the head fuck that was 2020 in Victoria? Like what were more, so in terms of like mental health and things like that, did you have any kind of routine about looking after yourself and, you know, making sure that you're the best version of yourself during the day? Yeah. So, well, it was, I suppose in three parts, the first part of lockdown in the March that the whole country went through, that was really about connecting with my family you know, I'd come off, I was doing, you know, five cruise ships a month. I was doing Perth Fringe, Adelaide Fringe, um, corporates. I was, I hadn't seen my family. And then mm. suddenly, as you say, junk, everything stopped March, March 19th was my last gig on the Ruby Princess. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and you literally killed. <laughs> so I connected with my family and I enjoyed it. And we we baked together and we did jigsaws together. And and I and I and I was grateful for the pandemic for giving me that time with my family while they were yep. still young. And I think a lot of people felt the that we connected and we watched it was it was it was a wonderful time i don't know about you jeff but have you noticed that an increase in attachment to your children because i i have i i i'm so grateful for the time i had with them and 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 especially at such a young age but i did notice that we're trying to organize a weekend away uh and away from the kids and and I, I, like i find that difficult in the past i mean i'd had no issue i'd hit i'd hit the gigs i'd go into state but the idea of leaving them even though it's family and friends, I feel like I have a bigger attachment towards my children um, because of COVID. Well, you would, yeah. Well, I mean, you're just living it, you know, you've been like the Fritzels, just living, you know, <laughs> without seeing anybody for months. Um, so, yeah, they're, I bet they're all connected to each other. <laughs> I'm here all week. Uh, I'm here all week. Check out, check out the steak. Check out the steak with no carbs. <laughs> I, I look. I missed the gigs, but I did. I haven't missed the lifestyle. Yes, missed, yes. Which well, is pop, which same, is, same. It's you know the the running about the the food on the road. I mean, I went to Adelaide last week, and it was the first time I'd been away with this new diet. And I went, what do I eat? There isn't yeah. Subway on the or KFC or something on the way to a gig when you have to eat in. 10 minutes flat and there's, you know, and you're trying to find a food court open. Suddenly I had to think about where I got good food from. Yeah. Um, and and so you've got to build outside, that. You're also an outside rhino room. You know, you just get a bit of that without the, <laughs> just get the meat and the, 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 yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you could. I mean, you do. I, I used to go to winter sumo salad. 
uh-huh. they would do amazing, you know, uh, vegetarian. They do, uh, sorry, they do smoked salmon with with um, cheese and on a bed of lettuce, but just with broccoli and pine nuts. It was, um, uh, it was, um, it was just yeah. So it was. It's there's great food out there. You just got to think a little bit less lazily about where you get your your nosh yeah. on the road. And so what was the scene? You said it was three parts. So the first lockdown was oh, connecting with family. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, and we'll finish uh, off with that then. Sorry. Then the second part was about my diagnosis of pre-diabetes. I went, oh, it's just, I've lost my job and now I've, I've got this sort of death sentence. I wanted to cure myself. So that's when I got into, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Dill. I'm a bit nerdy. You know, we love, I love a project. I love, a, I love a, a, an opportunity to hit the internet and find out all about it. Um, and I went on some diabetes forums and I found the Fast 1 800 and, and, and intermittent fasting. And then I just I put it all together for myself and found out oh, that's when I, I got that 78 to 67 kilos. That's made that all work. And then I got my blood sugar, my second lot, telling me I'd, I was in remission. Um, uh, and then this next one is about, this one is about the reopening, trying mm. to keep my, trying to keep my new lifestyle uh, in, in my, uh, fitting it into my job by f- trying to eat properly on the road and not going back to the old ways. Yeah. Um, but also trying to, trying to maintain, you know, healthiness, um, with uh so putting weight back on really yeah yeah finding that balance and like how to how to take some of the good habits from that crazy year and actually apply to a world where it's back to somewhat normal yeah that's it like like cruise ships for example is a classic one where i was just like well you have a lot of options to eat you just have to make sure that you get the right food from all those options you know yeah totally. as well, opposed that- to back yeah, there's no there's no excuse for eating badly on a cruise ship other than no. your, your lack of willpower because they do have everything. You can mm-hmm. sit, you can, and you can. Oh, there you're back. Thank you so much for coming along, uh, mate. It's uh, that's so many things to take away from that. I really love it. Thanks for sharing all of that. Um, where can people see you? This will probably come out this Friday. So uh, any tours, any any um, uh, online stuff. Well, the big uh, the big news for most comedians is that the Melbourne International Comedy Festival is back on this year after being cancelled yeah. uh, at a moment's notice last year to great financial cost to all of us. Um, mm. So an opportunity to for people, if you've missed your comedy um, for a year yeah. and you've seen that people in our industry have, have fared quite badly, that you can go and support comedy sure. all through March, uh, sorry, all through the end of March and April. I'm performing uh, at the... Um, Greek Centre uh, with my show, as I was saying, um, tickets on the micf.com.au uh, website. Yeah. And social media, yeah, Jeff Green. Uh, Jeff Green 007, or oh, Jeff 007 on Twitter, but Facebook, you can find me on. I'll have my own page, criminally yep. undersubscribed, but um, <laughs> maybe just add another. Liked. Excellent. Uh, ben, you and I at the Comedy Festival as well. We've got, uh, you've got your show, uh, apparently, with uh, Josh Earl at the Imperial Hotel. Uh, and also, just with the tickets, uh, uh, Fitbit uh, listeners, if you type in uh, Fitbit, we'll give you a bit of a discount. So we want as many Fitbit listeners, uh, we want to fill it out with Josh Earl's uh, podcast fans as well as Fitbit fans. So if you just book soon, book a, you know, book a group, whatever, type in Fitbit, we'll give you a little discount. Great. 
great. And my show, Victorious Lion, is at uh, 7.40 at the Melbourne Town Hall uh, uh, throughout the Comedy Festival and dirukj.com uh, for all the details. So, um, Jeff, thanks again so much uh, for being on uh, this week. Uh, a lot of information there, which I think our listeners will absolutely love. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. See you later. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.